What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by the Beanie Boy himself, Relocation Station, Headphone Joe. What's up, man? What's going on? Losing in, uh, I'm kicked out of both my fantasy league playoffs pretty much, so... Not happy. Not a happy camper. Not a happy camper. Not a happy camper. Not a happy camper. Made well, some, uh, if you are new to the... Ch- hold on. Hold Go on, ahead. Hold on. Hold on. Because this is where I get my uh, fantasy thoughts off. I made a couple couple errors. Um, took a couple gambles. And uh, what happened? You can't hear me? No, I can hear you, but I was just saying turn it up. I was trying to do it quietly. Oh. <laughs> um, Your mic's a little low. Yeah, so... Yeah, let's just get to it. What happened? Fantasy. You, no, you, I mean, I made a mistake. I made a key mistake. I got too cocky. What did I, you do? So I picked up, I picked up uh, Gabriel Davis, receiver for the Buffalo Bills, and then I'm glad because, you said that because I had no idea who the <laughs> fuck that was. Uh, with Emmanuel Sanders going like being virtually useless, I was like, let me get somebody else there, and then I picked up Braxton Berrios for the Jets because Corey Davis yeah. is out and Elijah Moore is out. So with like a minute to go, I was like toggling between the two of them and I was like oh, who do I go with who would I go with and then I was like fuck it I'm gonna go with Berrios he's a UM guy I'm gonna put my faith in him he's playing in Miami put him in first drive he scores a touchdown I'm like fuck yeah let's go let's go for three quarters Gabriel Davis had like 1.7 by the time like late third quarter he gets two touchdowns 23 points Braxton Berrios never touched the ball again wow I'm going to lose. This is why I got like, out of fantasy, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to lose by like 10 points. And the 13 point difference would have been the fucking difference. So, God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome in. For those of you listening, if you've not joined us before, I'll give you a rundown of the show. So, we are going to discuss the major topics facing the sports world right now. Um, that's how we start every show. Then we will get into some quick hits, which will be uh, Joe and I kind of going back and forth on some tertiary topics in the sports world. Then we have the walk-off. Today, we will do a duo walk-off. Joe and I are going to get into something together. And then the press conference, we'll, we'll pedal our woes. But we will start this show this week the same way we do every week. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The kickoff. Dun, 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 We're going to do this week the same way we do every week during the NFL season. We are talking NFL. And of course, we always start with the game of the week. Game of the week. Game of the week. Joe does the rundown. He has Green Bay. Baltimore is the game of the week. Yes, 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 yes. Brennan, did you get to catch this one? Huh? Yeah. Oh, I caught this. So... They have the interesting backup. stat, real quick. I want to throw this out here because it's an interesting stat that I retained from all the stuff I listened to. Okay, oh, give it to me. The um, Baltimore Ravens have now lost their last three games by a total score of With three points, four points, four points. Jeez, I was I know it's gonna be lost close three games over like one point games, <laughs> one point games. Yep, and then yeah. the other they lost by two. That's wild. That's wild. Um. So, yeah, so again, we're here again with Baltimore making a last second decision uh, if to go for two or to not go for two. Harbaugh again putting his faith in his players. Uh, They're playing the Packers. It's uh, good to mention. Um, Rodgers was looking 
pretty damn good. Um, and they're in there yep. with backup. Lamar could not play due to that ankle injury he suffered last week. Brennan, I will ask you like I did two weeks ago. Was it the right move to go for two? Yeah. So um, when Harbaugh did this two weeks ago, he uh, outright said we we had too many injuries in the secondary. I didn't want to take it to overtime. I didn't trust the defense, basically. Um, this week, Mark Andrews, the tight end, uh, who was the go-to guy in this game, uh, even said at the press conference, you know, this that was the right call. If you said if you second guess coach, you're you're an idiot, basically. I agree. <clears throat> I think you go for the win. And I know I say this every week, and the last couple of weeks, Harbaugh's made me look like an idiot, <laughs> but you you go for the win. Huntley, okay, this is something I want to say about Huntley, and this is something that I heard on a couple other podcasts, but it was brought up, and it's a good point. Huntley's a Florida kid who went to Utah mm-hmm. um, and everyone's like, how come we never heard of him? Well, let me, I'm going to make it real simple. You're a Florida kid, a black Florida quarterback, and you go to the West coast where people don't see you play. You're not going to get invited to the combine. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. You're not going to get invited to the combine. And as a quarterback, if you're not invited to the combine, you're not you getting drafted, <laughs> which is why no one knows who this guy is. This guy can play fucking football. He comes from the same area as Lamar Jackson, has a similar style. I'd say he's probably 70, 75% Lamar Jackson uh, as far as talent. But uh, Sorry, the no one's ever heard because of him. The thing and I see he, looked like it was falling. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> you know, Maya's always playing with her ball. But uh, yeah, so you go for two. This was a, you have to do it. I see no problem with it. You're playing against arguably the MVP. If Jonathan Taylor keeps playing the way he is, he might be, but Aaron Rodgers, it's his to lose. So yeah, you go for it. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I think you got to go for it. The defense was depleted. They were down to like their 18th corner because they went into the game. A couple of corners couldn't play because of COVID. And then they lost a couple of corners. They lost a corner or two. Uh, throughout the course of the game. And like you said, Rodgers was on fire. It was shocking enough that they held him on that last drive to only three. Um, So for them to get in position to score and get a two-point conversion was pretty miraculous. Um, I think the right decision was made. I think the right play was made. It just wasn't executed uh, to the best of the abilities. Huntley had to throw that. He threw it a little too inside, and that's why Savage was able to get a hand on it. If he throws that to the pylon, throws that basically out of bounds where only Mark Andrews has a chance to catch it, the way he his catch radius looked that evening, he was going to catch that. That was going to be a win. So it was pretty much just ball placement. I think that was I think it was the right move. You don't want to take Aaron Rodgers in that spot to overtime because he's going to march down the yeah, field, ram down your throat, and get a touchdown. He did it almost every and- drive, basically. Yeah, and they have Justin Tucker, so it's like, oh yeah, well they have guaranteed points with the kick game, but it's like, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is gonna score a touchdown. Yeah, he's like you have to. (laughs) Yeah, you have to hope to God you get the ball, and if you get the ball, you have to try and go down and score. And if you don't score a touchdown, it's oh, Aaron Rodgers is gonna score anyway. So why even go through all that? Yeah. Um. So now, Brian, I I I'll ask you this: If Green Bay is the only good team, because I uh. Spoiler alert, I watched this uh I watched Sunday football with ex producer L. Greg back from the crypt and uh his sister, one of listener of the show, uh Kelly Panetta. And we were trying to figure out who are the good teams because at this point the cards have went down. We'll get to them later on. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh I believe I had that. 
<clears throat> the cards had went down. I forgot who. Oh, the Patriots had lost, and we were trying to figure out who are the. And I, I said maybe Green Bay is the only good team, and then they had a close game with a backup quarterback. So it's like, yeah, Tampa Bay went down. Yeah, as the day continued on, teams just kept falling left and right. So if Green Bay is the only, one of the few good teams, does this mean that? I mean, yes, every any given Sunday, but are there any, is there a team you have confidence in, basically? Is there any team you yeah. put your money behind? Yeah, so we see this every year, and there's ultimate parity in the NFL because everyone gets paid. Uh, we've seen this with Green Bay the past several years. Uh, I mean, Matt LaFleur's regular season records looks like a college coach. As far as losses uh, to wins, like he's only, he, I don't even think he's lost double digits in the three years he's been there. Um, Definitely has not. But we see this every year where teams go in, some teams go in looking a little shaky. So Tampa Bay last year got blowed out by the Saints in November. I think it was November 8th. It was like 38 to three. And then they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, then we have these teams that at the beginning of the season or towards the middle of the season were like, oh, they're built. The Rams, case in point, they're built to win a Super Bowl and then they don't come through. So I think what it says about the league is the same thing it always is said, which is that there is a level of parity in the NFL unlike any other any other major sport because the teams are separated by such razor thin margins. I mean shit, we thought Buffalo was definitely the AFC contender yeah, for the Super Bowl team. and then they got beat by the Jaguars in a game where they couldn't score a point. So it's like it's just one of those things where I think this just tells us the same thing we always knew, which is that the, when you want to talk about parity, it's the NFL before every other sport. But So by that token, who would you put your money on? Oh, I got the Rams. You know, I got the Rams. Ram you know, Rams I got back a, with the Rams. Okay. Yeah. And then Tampa Bay, too, just because I but think the that they'll put it some, together. The Rams have a questionable loss or two on their schedule. Oh, they've got a few. Yeah, but that's the thing is like you just said earlier, any given Sunday. So I'm not going to hold that against them. I think if they can get into the playoffs, they're going to be fine. And then Kansas City, you know, I was throwing dirt on their grave halfway through the season and they've come back to form. I still don't think that defense is all it's cracked up to be with all the talk. But I mean, we just saw what happened to the Patriots. They went against a team that matched up very well and they lost. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it comes down to your draw more than it's going to come down to, you know what I mean? The actual yeah. team, it's going to, it's going to be more about who you face versus who you are. Um, I would just like to note that the Rams have lost to the Packers who they'll maybe see yeah. in the postseason. Good loss. The Cardinals. Who they no, I'm just saying yeah. these are postseason teams that they lost to. Yeah. And the 49ers. Okay. So just going to throw that out there. Um, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Next game, please. Tampa Bay got murked by the Saints last year, and then they took care of business in the playoffs. I forgot. Speaking of taking care of business, <laughs> um, next game we want to talk about, Tennessee-Pittsburgh. This is at Pittsburgh. Joe actually got this one right as far as the rundown with Bingo. what team is Bingo. where. Um, Tennessee <laughs> did the fun move of standing on the uh, logo. Oh, did Joe doesn't understand, but I didn't even know. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I I heard it on PTI today. They of were course. talking about it, but um, mm, but yeah, so logo. Pittsburgh wins. 
Pittsburgh, the precious logo. <laughs> Pittsburgh wins 1913. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had his first rushing touchdown since 2018. Wow. Uh, that was weird. He like that fell took like forever in a day to get into the, yeah. And he kind of fell head first. Like he I would do him into just a ball pit. Took forever in a yeah. day. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Tennessee had uh four turnovers. They had five fumbles. They lost three of them. And then Tannehill threw a pick. Uh, this was not a good game. And you put on here, what's ailing the Titans. Uh, one, and I know you're going to gloat about this, but no Derrick Henry. And two, oh, whoa, whoa, they whoa. Gonna gloss over cannot that? hang on to the ball. It's going to gloss over that? Now, yeah. Brandon, will you admit that he makes everything better for that team? Tannehill's, since, since his injury, Tannehill's passing stats have been a god-awful. You want me to read them off to you? Last, uh, when did Derrick Henry go down? What game was that? Was uh, that against Indy? Game week seven. That was against Indy right before the Rams game. Yeah. Okay, so let's go from the Rams game on. The Rams game, he threw for a buck 43. Then he plays at New Orleans. New Orleans, 213. This was a big one. 323 in a loss to Houston. 93 God, yards against New England. 191 yards against Jacksonville. And a buck 53 yesterday. He is not the same quarterback without Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I, I want to argue with you about it just because Dante Foreman had, uh, what was it, 100 and something yards? Yep. 137 yards or something crazy no, like that? No, he had 108. But, uh, Settle down. Oh, 108. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but you're right. They, they're they not stacking the box. The whole identity of this team was, we're going to run it with Derrick Henry. You're going to have to put eight or nine in the box, and then Tannehill will beat you with the play-action pass, and they, they don't have it. Nobody's scared of Foreman like they were Henry. They don't give up those yards to those just, guys because they know they're not going to give up a yeah. big chunk of yards. Exactly. So, and then they had injury, injuries on the you know the wide receiver position with Brown and Jones. And Julio Jones, everyone knows. And as, a, as someone who is a proud drafter of Julio Jones every year in fantasy, he always went down for a you know, big chunks of the season. So I, I remember that from his Atlanta days because I am retired from fantasy, but Tennessee has to get it together. And I don't think they will. It looks like it's going to be the Colts that overtake that division because we still have a few division games to be played. So I think the Colts are going to end up taking over the AFC South. And I think Tennessee might fall completely out of the playoffs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Completely out of the play. There's an extra team in the playoffs. Yeah, but... They're nine and five, and they're not. They're they're going. They're not trending upwards. They're nine and five, but if you look at the rest of their schedules, you I hate when you derail us with some of your cockamamie uh, uh, phrasing. The rest um, of their schedule, I got it right Dolphins, here. 49ers, that's a, a loss. Dolphins, Dolphins, and they get a game against the Texans. One of those you games. You mean the streaking Dolphins? The one, one five straight Dolphins? Those of, Dolphins? One of those three games, they get a win. They're in. An extra team yeah. gets in. Who are you going to have faith in? The Raiders? Cleveland? The Ravens. The Ravens are going to get in. Yeah, obviously. The Ravens are out. If the playoffs started today, the Ravens are out. Uh, breaking news. Uh, <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, now I got to go through this real fast. New England is in currently. Hold on. Let me just hit this right now. Right, right now, so, do you want me to do it? I got it I'm right here. Yeah, right Kansas City, New England, Tennessee, Cincinnati, 
Colts, Chargers, Buffalo. Ravens are the outside looking in. Cincinnati is not getting in. Take them out right now. Put the Baltimore Ravens in. And I think that's your playoff picture right there. I don't think Tennessee is too high up to fall completely out. I don't know, man. That's how crazy would it be if I can't there are two see teams in the playoffs from the AFC South. God, that'd be awesome. Yeah, neither one of them are named Jacksonville Jaguars. Ow! Ooh. All right. Moving. Well, speaking of out of the playoff picture, you're Philadelphia Eagles. So. Hey, still in the picture. Got a game tomorrow? Didn't decide. What does that even mean? So, TJ um, Watt is now the yeah. single season sack leader for the Pittsburgh Pit, the Pittsburgh Pittsburghs, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, passing James Harrison. Um, Brent, for for a while, you've been uh, telling me about this this video clip of Warren Sapp saying that TJ Watt is just a white kid. He's just like his brother, yeah. and he's getting a lot of hype for being the white edge rusher. And he once Bud Dupree's gone, he's done. Yeah. And now he's the all-time sack leader for one of the best defense, one of the most iconic teams ever. Yeah, that's that's going to be on Warren Sapp. He, I do <laughs> think he needs to apologize because, and I got sucked in. I watched um, Two Bears, One Cave. Shout out to Tom and Bert, uh, Brent Crystals and Tom Segura. I was watching their Super Bowl um, edition. They had Warren Sapp on and he was talking mad shit about TJ Watt. And how everyone always hypes up these white edge rushers because it's, you know, it's they're they're not used to seeing it. And it's like an uh, it's like an anomaly and da 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 da. And once Bud Dupree's out of there, TJ Watt's going to fall off. The only reason he's any good is because they double Bud Dupree. And that is not the case. TJ Watt. The case can play some defensive end just, and I mean, I know I joke about this all the time, but it's the same thing that happened with Trey Hendrickson. Everyone was like, well, he's got camp Jordan on the other side. Everyone's worried about camp Jordan, but I mean, you laugh, but dude's got 12 and a half sacks no, no, for just, the Bengals. You always find a way to slide him into a convo. That's why I was Well, he's another edge rusher that has double digit sacks on no the doubt. year. Who's white. No I don't know. Who else. I mean, no doubt. Uh, I'm just saying, just saying. But yeah, I think, I think Warren Zapp does. owe TJ Watt an apology. <laughs> Now, the crazier thing about the T.J. Watt getting that number, because um, I know a lot of people are going to point to, oh, there's more games in the season this year. He missed like two weeks, if not. Yeah. He missed two weeks? No, he missed one week. He missed two weeks, and we still have three weeks left in the season. He missed two weeks? Yeah, he's played only yeah. 12 games. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Oh, he missed week three, and then he missed week seven. Okay, I thought it was back-to-back weeks, but it wasn't back-to-back week. It was scattered weeks. But yeah, he's missed two weeks, so he'll get if he... I mean, he's in the hunt for uh, Michael Strahan's record right now. Strahan's record, yeah. And people can't say he did it with more games because he'll get it in less games, so uh, a couple more big performances out of him. Who are the quarterbacks he's going to face? He's going to get to face Patrick Mahomes, whoever's quarterbacking for Cleveland at this point, and Lamar Jackson, most likely. Brett, is Pittsburgh going to make the playoffs? No. Don't even start with me. No. No, 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 no. I said this at the beginning of the season. They will be in a tailspin. They are not going to make the playoffs. They are not going to have a winning record. They're not in a tailspin. They're right on the outside looking in, Brennan. No, 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 no. Win against Cleveland and win against Baltimore. Baltimore sees their way out of the playoffs. And Pittsburgh slides I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. Pittsburgh will... 
Ah, they're not. No way. We've been saying this for three years. There's no way this. They're gonna do it again. I don't believe it. I don't believe Sam, it. Look, look. A lot is gonna be decided this weekend, this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Baltimore plays Cincinnati for the division, basically. Baltimore wins. Yeah, that's a winner go home. They jump in. But then after that, they got the Rams. The Rams, bit of a Jekyll Hyde. We talked about how they can lose to good teams. So they say they lose that game. Then it's a one-on-one matchup against Pittsburgh for all the marbles right there. Pittsburgh, slide their way in. No, stop. (laughs) Let's go to the next game. I don't even want to do this. Mike Tomlin, coach of the year. Huh? Doing it with Big Ben as he's uh, as uh, the clock is stopped ticking. Huh? Is that Stop <laughs> this madness. Speaking of the clock has stopped ticking. Uh, New Orleans in Tampa Bay. New Orleans shuts out Tom Brady. First time since 2006. Yes, sir. Do you know the, the head coach he faced? Uh, if it's 06 Dolphins, was it Cam Cameron? Nope. Nick Saban, the defense guru oh, himself. Nick Saban, Saban was the last there. head coach to shut out Tom Brady. Um, as we said, it was in 2006. Tom Brady facing Taysom Hill and that formidable New Orleans Saints Taysom offensive juggernaut. Taysom. Mm. Mm. I think. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but... Uh, Tom Brady was not happy with the performance of his team. He lost. Or his tablet. They lost Godwin. He's out for the season. Yeah. Mike Evans straight a hamstring, and Leonard Fournette uh, also had a straight hamstring. So his three main offensive weapons were gone. Antonio Brown, who they said had no leash, one screw up, and he was gone. Uh, got in trouble for back. not having. Yep, got in trouble for forging a vax card. And Bruce Arian said he will for sure be back on the roster when he is eligible to play. Like I said we never talked about it, but th- I, that story was so funny. Did you ever read into it? No, I knew nothing about it until they mentioned it on the broadcast. So he faked the Vax card and then submitted it. And then somebody was like, hey, if you submit a fake Vax card, you can get in trouble. He was like, what? So then he got vaccinated, but never gave them his real card. Yeah, because at that point, <laughs> what do you do? You just hope that they don't bring it up. You just hope it never comes up. So he got in trouble for a fake That's card. That's the most Antonio Brown did. story. Such an Antonio Brown story. That is literally. That's like the feet in the, the cryo chamber. Of Antonio Brown's life right there. Um, trying to do right, but still doing yeah, wrong. Yeah, so. He, yeah, right. He, uh, Tom was very upset. I don't know if you watched this in real time, but, uh, in the fourth quarter, waning minutes, he still had a chance to come back. And he, uh, I believe when he threw the pick to our guy, Johnson Gardner Johnson, he, uh, what, was like cussing out one of the coaches on the C- sideline. It's like CJ, huh? His name's Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I did not know his name was no, Chauncey. I thought it was Johnson Gardner Johnson. No. I knew it wasn't Johnson. Johnson, look it up. I don't know. But, it's Chauncey. Um, I'm telling when you. He threw that pick. It is. Yeah. Well, he baited him. I don't. Did you watch? Did you watch that in I real time? None of this. I don't have TV right now. He, so after he, the he basically so after the, the last, one of the games, last I seen nothing. Came home, didn't see anything. Well, so the game was. I mean, it was nine zero. Sean Payton wasn't on the sideline. I think because of the he was out for COVID yeah, protocol, but. So. uh or coaching Let's his just son's say football team. Garner Johnson jumped the route 
It was beautiful. He basically let Scotty Miller run by him mm-hmm. and like trailed him because he was like, there's no way this, this fucking little white spot receiver is <laughs> faster than me. So as soon as Brady thought he was open and like, as the ball left Brady's hand, uh, Garner Johnson. Johnson like turned on the jets and like just jumped right in front of it wow. and got it. And I, and then Brady was like jogging. Obviously he was rolling out. So he was like going towards the same sideline. So after he threw the pick, he just turned and started like talking like, <laughs> fuck you motherfuckers to the same sidelines. And I was like, damn, wow. Brady's acting like a petulant child. Well, I mean, he, he, he has to be upset because what this is of the four times he's played the Saints. Has he beaten them once in the regular season? I think they have his number in the regular season. So uh, far. I think I think they're three and one against uh, Tom Brady's Buccaneers in the regular season. That's insane. That's insane. And this year without Drew yeah. Brees, he lost to Jameis. He lost to Jameis, and Jameis got hurt in that game, so he lost to fucking uh, Trevor Simeon, and then he loses to Taysom Hill. Like yep. what? He has to be looking like what are they doing? That's stifling. Well, I mean, a couple of the injuries, but even before that, he wasn't having the greatest game to begin with. Yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, I I don't know. It's weird, too, when you so the injuries we're going to talk about that had a lot to do with it because there were I watched the entire second half of that game and there were throws where Brady hits dudes like in in the hands in the numbers in the helmet one time and they they're just dropping balls. There was one play where he like literally put it to Gronk where Gronk almost accidentally caught it. Like if he would have just kept running, he would have caught it. Didn't extend his hands or anything. Like literally like it fell right in oh, front wow. of Gronk and he just didn't like extend out to catch it. Cause I guess he didn't think the ball was coming to him, but, and then I, there's a couple players on the team. I don't remember their names because yeah, I'm they're looking not at this normal stars. Right this now. Is I the got that running yeah. back of Tyler Johnson at receiver. Keyshawn Vaughn. That's the one he dropped like three or four of them. Big, a, big play opportunities. Darden. So I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> yeah. Three targets. No Jaylen catches. Darden. Yeah. Jalen uh, Darden. Yeah. So it was, it was bad all around as far as the, the pieces. So, um, this is the thing. Antonio Brown's going to come back. Mike Evans is going to come back. Uh, Gronk is going to get returned to form. Go ahead. So this is this is so random. This is so random, by the way. But I have to do this. Um, you know when a player changes their name, they should like notify everybody. Like one year, what it was yeah. Steve Smith Senior. Now it's like, whoa, when did that happen? I'm looking at Pro Football Reference for this it's no longer scotty miller it's not it's scott miller (laughs) no it's scotty miller i'm looking at it it's a scott miller (laughs) no it's scotty miller i'm like what the hell i'm like who the hell is scott miller i'm like oh yeah scotty but no it's he's he's changed his name college in the nfl we've known you for almost a decade as scotty miller now you're gonna be like no it's scott that's like when my cousin tommy was like no it's tom now i go no it's uh, tommy who was that um who was the terrible quarterback mitchell trubisky no don't call me mitch i'm mitchell (laughs) yeah matthew stafford it's matthew exactly so very funny, but not uh-huh. Matthew Ryan is Matt Ryan. Like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. I think I think the Bucks are going to be fine to get back on track. I think the Bucks are going to be okay. I just think it's the same. The Saints have their number. I just think it's one of those weird. I don't know if they're going to be things. fine. Um, all those injuries. I mean, Ronald Jones is okay, but Ronald Jones can't give the production that 
him and Leonard Fournette were providing. Um, see, Chris Godwin, yes, it'll be great to have uh, AB a- back, but Chris Godwin has been an integral part of this offense. Mike Evans is a big part of this offense. So if Brady well, Mike is will be missing back. his guys. And Brady got sacked four times too. So, I mean, any team yeah. that can get pressure to Brady, he already had troubles with the with the Rams. He's been guys, so clean so. all year behind that offensive yeah. line. And then this week it was like, what the fuck is going on? There's only been a few times where his teams have gotten to him. So the same book on Brady as always is if you get to him with four, you have a chance. Who has a solid four? Aaron Donald and them boys. So, yeah. The Packers, the Packers don't have a great front four, but they have a they have a good front seven. Yeah, they they've got a linebacker depth though. Yeah, I would say they could generate pressure. So I don't know, man. And their secondary is insane. I don't know, and they got Jair Alexander back too. So yep. All right. One more round. All right, one more round. So we're going to go quickly through the last couple of games we want to talk about. I will take the first one. We're talking Arizona, Detroit. Uh, I've been saying Arizona's uh, frauds all year. Um, They're smoking mirrors. They're fraudulent. Kyler Murray is no MVP type quarterback. And they got housed by the basically almost winless Detroit Lions. Uh, Yeah, I was right. Everyone else was wrong. This is my account to take a victory lap. Uh, Detroit, my old team that I used to root for all the time because I love the underdog until I moved to Jacksonville and found a real underdog. Detroit beat this juggernaut at the beginning of the season that was the Arizona Cardinals, given they are missing their best receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. But hey, so are a lot of other people. Aaron Rodgers makes it work. So I guess Kyler Murray's no Aaron Rodgers. No, Brennan, you want to know a fun fact? Kyler Murray should not have won Rookie of the Year. That's not the fact that I was going to say. Detroit is no longer the last team in the league. One more round. All right, next game is the Bengals versus the Denver Broncos. I resent that. Uh, hey, I didn't say anything. Um, I'm trying to We're find... We're that Michigan edge rusher, though. That's ah, for goddamn there sure. There it is. Okay, I want to read one of the funniest uh, plays I've ever seen. I'm going to read it in plain text. Drew Locke for no gain. Drew Locke fumbles. Parentheses, forced fumble by Khalid Kareem. Recovered by Khalid Kareem. At Cincinnati's 10, in return for four yards, Khalid Kareem fumbles, forced by Drew Locke, recovered by Garrett Bowles. At the Cincinnati 42, tackled by Drew Locke, tackled by Khalid Kareem. Replay assistant challenged the fumble ruling, and the original play was overturned. Drew Locke left tackle for negative two yards. Drew Locke fumbles, forced by Khalid Kareem. Recovered by Khalid Kareem at the Cincinnati 11 and returned for four yards, tackled by Drew Locke. Did you get a chance to see that play? No, I did not. That was the funniest thing ever. Drew Locke is trying to run left. The edge rusher comes through and just rips the ball out of his hand, takes it, gets Drew Locke basically touches him. So he's then, and he does like a somersault. So he's down by contact, but the refs don't blow the whistle. So then homeboy gets up, runs down the field. Drew Locke is chasing him. Punch gets in front of him, punches the ball out. And then Drew Locke's offensive alignment, Garrett Bowles jumps on top of the ball and it's Denver's ball. What I got, what I gathered from all of that. Are you telling me Drew Locke caught a defensive end? He caught a defensive end. 
and strip sack. That's embarrassing. Well, strip, strip the ball out of his hands. But then it goes to replay, and they're like, "Yeah, he touched them way back there. It's down by contact." So I'll never. They don't get the ball. That back. reminds me when I was in high school. Uh, I remember it was like one of the last games of the season. Uh, I don't remember a ton from high school, but I remember this one specific play when I played offensive line where we lost the ball. And I thought, fuck, the only way we can win this game is if we get the ball back. And Jeremy Campbell, who ended up going on to Clemson on a full ride, who's like our star player, chased the dude down, stripped the ball out, got it. Like as the guy was going into the end zone, stripped the ball out, got it back, turned around and ran. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Jeez. But it's the same thing. Like we threw a pick and then we ran them down and then they, we stripped it out. And then it was like, what, who's got, what, what? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't really follow that play. But um, in that game also, Teddy Bridgewater got, uh, he, he went down on what seemed like me and Greg and Kelly were watching. It, it seemed like a bit of an innocuous tackle um, his head his helmet kind of collided with the ground, but the defender wasn't doing anything malicious, came up behind him and tackled him. Um, pretty much put a hand on him and he just fell awkwardly and had to go to the hospital. Uh, he's apparently recovering full extremities. He's alert and everything, but uh, thoughts and prayers for Teddy. Cause he was released earlier today. Yeah. Man, we'll talk about a guy with some bad injury luck. One more round. Uh, I don't really want to talk about this. We can move <laughs> on now. Uh, so we did the emergency pod. Uh, we got rid of uh, Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. This was Houston at Jacksonville. Uh, we lost, what was it, 1630. Uh, we just can't. Uh, Bevel re- uh, today relinquished play calling duties to Brian Schottenheimer. So we'll see if that changes anything. Oh, my gosh. That's going to not help you at all. Yeah, this is just embarrassing. We have the number one pick, best prospect since Andrew Luck, and we can't seem Allegedly. to get Allegedly, we can't seem to get right. Um, we talked about it in the emergency pod. Hopefully, we'll bring in Byron Leftwich, someone who can like be a quarterback whisperer. We'll get this team on the right track. But all full steam ahead for that number one pick. Here we come. I, I'll say one thing. Boy, did I think like the adrenaline of getting rid of Urban would lift them past. Dude, I thought we were going to blow them out. I thought I was this was like, going to be like 62 to I was three. Like, oh, this is the guaranteed win right here. Like there's no way they lose. Yeah. This like the perfect time to fire your coach when you're about to play the Houston Texans. This is like, this should be a home game. Home. Like, and they dropped, they just dropped the ball. One more round. All right. Dallas, New York giants. Um, the giants don't got a quarterback. They didn't have one before this game. They didn't have one Shut going into the season. Don't have a quarterback. They didn't have one after this game. Um, Mike Glennon's neck didn't. I don't help know if him. I brought it up before on the show, but um, can you still hear me? I can hear you. I don't know if I brought it up before on the show, but I uh, used to work with a huge Giants fan, and I always would ask him. I would always say, uh, "Hey, do you trust um, Daniel Jones?" And he's like, "No, we don't have a quarterback." So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Saquon. I don't know. They need to start over. Basically, it's weird. Um, Dallas is frauds. Dallas. Is, the only thing that's not fraudulent about the Dallas Cowboys is that Michael Parsons is the greatest player from this last draft. I was gonna say that defense. You heard it here. You heard it here, folks. He's the greatest player from the last draft. Trayvon Diggs is. 
the greatest magician there is. He gives up big play after big play after big play, but then he gets an interception and fools you all with a body sawed in half. I'm um, not going to lie to you. I don't so yeah. really follow Dallas. And so when I saw all the stats or all his uh, turnovers, I was like, damn, like they really got something. And then when I actually dug into it, we talked about it last week. I was like, wait a second. This guy gives up like 170 yards a the game. Worse, the worst uh, corner. Literally the last rated corner by PFF. Just gives up big play after big play, but then he gets that one pick and it's all forgotten, baby. Um, Kellen Moore, uh, don't know what happened. He looked, uh, I think, I, so honestly, I think Dak's calf injury has um, signed me I'm the sorry, offense what? more than anything. Dak's calf injury. I'm sorry, wait, what? Injury. Which Dax is related to his horrific ankle injury he got last year? Is not whatsoever. I believe it's a different leg. It's not the same leg. Anyway, because he was putting so um, much pressure on his other leg. Come oh, on. Bah, 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 bah. But I think uh, the calf injury is playing a factor because since that calf injury, his numbers have gone down, down, down. Um, but they'll make the playoffs because they play in a terrible division that is uh, coincides with my Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, yeah, you know, who knows? All right. Moving on to the National Basketball Association. Joe, did you hear the news? What's that? Kyrie is back. Our man Kyrie oh, Irving is now geez. in COVID protocol. They are going to bring he's him back and he's not back all the same time. Yep. Uh, it's funny. They brought him back and said that he could play in the away games where vaccinations weren't mandated. Right as New York City started to increase the lockdown due to the Omicron variant spikes, uh, which is Totally ironic, but uh, yeah. What do you? I've we've I've talked to him blue in the face about this. I got <laughs> nothing else to say. Um, I mean, Kyrie is a great player. Uh, the Nets need him because Kevin Durant is playing far too many minutes because they have no players because their team is ravaged by COVID right now. Um, so he'll be welcomed back. But my question is always. If you're going to play this, he can play away games. He can't play home games. They might as well tank a couple games, get the five seed in the East, because oh, so they're what, all you don't away games. Do, what you don't want to do is get the one seed in the East and have home court advantage. And then say in the finals, there's a game seven. Kyrie can't your best play player, at home. Your <laughs> second or third best player can't play because it's at home. That's smart. I exactly. didn't think about that. So you should drop a couple games. Make sure you're like, man, just, just play it safe. Number five, because you don't want to be number four and then get into a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals and he can't play. So get to number five, drop a couple games and, you know, you're going to have to maneuver. You're going to have to maneuver. You're going to have to be shifty. You can't play this straight up because you don't want in a doomsday scenario, you don't want him not being there for the final, what could be the final game of the season. And it it, it sucks because it's twofold. Say you can, you're on a game six elimination and it's at home. He can't play in that game. Yeah. So <clears throat> the whole situation is dicey. Um, I don't love it, but yeah, the whole situation is totally back. fucked. He's back. <laughs> 
Um, Kyrie going to be playing for the Dallas Mavericks by Christmas. Uh, speaking of <laughs> Christmas, uh, Joe, Christmas is the unofficial kickoff of the real NBA season. Everybody knows that. What game are you looking forward to the most? I'm going to run through them real quick. Atlanta at New York, Boston at Milwaukee, Golden State at Phoenix, Brooklyn at L.A. Uh, that's the Lakers, Dallas at Utah. I am excited for the battle. There's only one game to be excited West. about. Yeah, Golden State Phoenix. Yeah, that's it. I don't. You put oh, this in the rundown, like, and I looked at the games, and I was like, I, "There's no. There's only well, one game to be excited, be excited about. For Brooklyn, LA. You know, Kevin Durant versus Kyrie. Wait, yeah, no, no, no. Russell versus KD. Kyrie versus LeBron. You know, well, animosity there. AD's out side. again. With the strained LCL, AD. I said Russ. I know, but I'm KD. just saying, like, oh, I mean, yeah, AD's always hurt. It's not a game. Shout out to the two juggernauts of the NBA: Phoenix, Golden State. That's the game to watch. We've been talking about it all year. That's the you know game, I mean? and my Golden and State Devin Warriors Booker will prevail. Devin Booker's back, so watch your back, sir. Clay still out. <laughs> Saying he's going to be back in Jay where I'm excited to see what he looks like. I know. I just listened to an interview with uh, Bob Meyer, their GM, on the Rosillo podcast, and it got me hyped all over again for Golden State. Yeah. I wanted to uh, bring this up. We were talking about Kyrie, COVID, things like that. Uh, we saw the NFL this past week update some of their COVID policies where they're going to start te not testing vaccinated asymptomatic players. Like if you feel okay, then there's no reason to test you kind of a thing. I know they've changed the policy now where if you're vaccinated, but test positive, if you have two negative tests within 24 hours of each other, you can play again. Do you think the NBA needs to start adopting some of these new policies? Um, yes, because you're, they're selling the, the sanctity of the product. That's not the word I'm trying to say, but um, they're diluting the product basically uh, by having the Nets play with like eight guys. Uh, you don't like seeing that much either, Joe Harris? <laughs> Joe Harris is not even playing. No, I know. Joe Harris has been out for a minute. I sent you that <laughs> text, that but it's Bruce Brown. It's funny living in New York. <laughs> now all the posters you see for uh, Brooklyn, it's not even James mm -hmm. Harden. It's Griffin. KD and Joe Harris. And I'm like, oh, they're just trying to get the diversity. Like, Jeez. Oh, yeah, probably. The black dude, the light-skinned <laughs> dude, and the white dude. <laughs> yeah. Cover all the gentrified bases. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they're going to have to do something because, I mean, they're going to have to just go ahead and postpone some games and move things back, similar to what they did with the Bulls. Um, and they're going to have to tighten up on restrictions. I think, actually not less testing. I think there should be more testing. Um, yeah, we, you, you have to be able to track what's going on. You can't just let everything go willy-nilly. Like, you can't just close your eyes and pretend this isn't happening. This is happening. And people are... What are you talking about? We did that in the Florida. Before, <laughs> one of the theories before was that it can't be transmitted in-game. And it appears like it is being transmitted in-game because you get one team that played another team in Chicago and New York. No, Chicago and Charlotte. And then both of those teams ended up having outbreaks, severe outbreaks. 
So, and then you have the holiday factor, people going home, dealing with people. And it's not just, they're saying, people, like the NFL is talking about testing eight asymptomatic players less. And yes, the players aren't being hospitalized and whatnot. Like they aren't having severe symptoms, but they're still interacting with staffers. They're still interacting with the trainers and whatnot. And so it's not just about the players. It's about the larger community because you don't know who that staffer is going home to. You don't know who that trainer is going home to. You don't know who that coach is going home to. So you got to think about more than just the product on the court or the field. You got to be thinking larger because you don't want it to continue traveling and then we'll never get rid of this thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand from a business aspect, what the NFL is trying to do. And I understand why other um, sports might adopt that model. But uh, I mean, the NHL went completely the other way. They've shut down border, uh, uh, inner border. Uh, what am I trying to say? They, they shut down the border basically. So they're not, they're not traveling internationally <laughs> to play games and that's a two country sport. So um, yeah. obviously the NFL went the other way and they're like, Hey, we're just going to start testing less. Which if everyone, like when we had the bubble situation, that made sense. Cause it's like, well, everyone's just around everyone. So we don't have to worry about it. But now it's people are out and about. And that's the thing with this virus is that it's so transmittable. It's not like I've gotten COVID. I, you know, I'm vaccinated and everything, but I'm not, I'm never worried about me. I'm always thinking like I had a scare this last weekend where I felt like shit. And I was like, well, I work out a lot. Like I take a lot of supplements. Like I know my body pretty well and something's wrong. And I told my boss and they were like, well, you have to like, do you think you can work? And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I can work, but I don't want to risk. God forbid I get someone else sick. And then the entire restaurant gets COVID. We have to shut down the restaurant. That's everyone's income. We get some little old lady who comes in there to have dinner with her family. She gets sick and she died. Like, I don't want any of that home. So I was like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not coming in until I get a test. And luckily it was negative. It was just the regular flu, but like, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about, you know, I'm no hero, but I'm worried about everyone else. <laughs> I mean, now heroes wear capes. Some have All perfectly right. quaffed hair at midnight. <laughs> hey, I just came back from work. Uh, we do want to talk NHL real quick, only because my Tampa Bay Lightning have overtaken Joe's Florida Ice Cats. We are now tied for third in the East as far as points. Uh, how does that taste, Joe? Uh, just wanted to throw this out there. We did lose that game to the Senators we were talking about last week, but then we beat the Kings, then we beat the Senators, and the Avalanche game got postponed. Uh, this will give us plenty of time to get some of our injured players healthy. Excited to see what happens when the NHL kicks off again. Um, so as far as my Ice Cats uh, that Brennan referred to, uh, we did too lose to the Senators. Uh, we got our heads caved in 8-2. to two. That was a fun one to keep along with. God, um, then we lost score. to the Kings 4-1. Yeah, it was a terrible game. Um, then we lost to the Kings 4-1. But since then, our next three games have been were postponed and we don't resume play until uh, next, a week from now. Um, seven of our players have gone on the COVID list, so We've just been at a full stop, which is uh, sad. I mean, you, you want games to be playing, but it's the right thing to do. They're, they're taking all the precautions necessary. So, yeah, no, no, not much of an update. So enjoy your lead for now. Once we come back, we're coming back with a head of steam, bike. All right. I think we surprised how quick. Quick! Neyman hits. Quick hit. 
Quick hits. All right, Joe, we just got a couple topics today for quick hits. First one, after seeing Tiger play with his son, Charlie, at the Pro-Am this past week, do you think Tiger will play a major this year? I will quickly give you my answer. There's no way on God's green earth Tiger will play a major this year. He was in a cart. He was playing with his son. You could tell how much pain he was in. This is not four days at a major. You're out of your mind. I don't even know why this is on the rundown. No way. Wow. No way at all. At all. That's a stunner. Um, I'll bet. I'll, I'll bet you whatever you want right now. There's no way Tiger finishes a major this year. What does this happen? I hate ESPN.com. Um, I I uh, I disagree, man. Um, well, play or finish? Because I said play. I was adamant about. There's no way he'll play. And then as I said it, I was like, well, if I'm point. gonna bet. That's a good point. <laughs> because what he played, he got in the accident. What February of last year? January of yeah. last year? February. So that would put the Masters at almost 18 months-ish, 17, 19 months um, since the Dude accident. almost lost his leg. Dude is back on the field, on the range, shooting about, what, 270 off his driver? Come on. There's, uh, there's no way. And then you get a couple, yeah, well, like a month or two after that, they're going to St. Andrews, which he says is one of his favorite courses. It's a shorter course. Easier for him to walk flatter surface. It's a surface. flat course. It's a flat course. Uh, so, I mean, there's a possibility that he may there's enter no possibility. a this year. He may, I didn't say win. I said just enter a major. No, no. I thought it was. Did you see, catch any of this, though? I thought it was awesome watching him play with his son. It's so weird that his I son saw is a like. a bit of it. Like a carbon, a carbon copy, copy of him of as him. far as the <laughs> mannerisms and stuff. It's like weird. Like they even lean on their club the same way. It's creepy. I saw I saw a video of Tiger talking about it. Somebody handed him like a little reel of them like side by side or whatever. And he was like, they both were rubbing their nose. And Tiger was explaining. He was like, okay, there's two things that we do that are very, very much the same. One, the way after our follow through, we kind of lean on the club, like you were just saying. And the other is the nose thing. And he was like, that's because we both have terrible allergies. <laughs> oh, really? I did not know that about Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. He was like God. all the pollen and everything. So that's why constantly rubbing the nose. Say what you want about the scandal that happened and some of Tiger's life choices and stuff. But just from the outside looking in, he seems like a really cool dad, like a really good dad. Um, he, well, I think some of that, uh, definitely played a role in his changing his actual persona going forward, um, and being less focused on presenting a certain way and being more proactive about being a certain way. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think some, of the, some of the shit that happened, lives. that's exactly right. Some of the because shit that of happened the, kind of pushed him to realize what's important. Yeah, so I think that is true. But uh, Brennan. Yeah, this is your account, so I'm going to let you take this one away. I've been waiting a long, long time. But the WNBA draft lottery just came out this past week, folks. And I will give you the top five and everybody else because there's only 12 teams. So who cares if I say them all? Indiana Fever. Wait, no, hold on. These are chances. 
That's not who got the first overall pick. Oh, snap. I picked the wrong link here. Hold on. We're talking about the WNBA draft here, folks, because this is your headquarters for all things WNBA. What is going on, man? Trying to buy Joe some time, but he cannot find the link. It's because... Is because of the bleeping ESPN link started playing a video out of the freaking blue that threw me off. Okay, here we go. So the order is the Mystics out of Washington have the number one overall pick. The Indiana Fever, number two. My Atlanta Dream has the number three. The Dallas Wings again find their way into the top five pick from grabbing it from Los Angeles at number four, Liberty at five, Sky, Championship Sky, number six, number seven, Dallas Wings again getting the pick from Chicago. They just swapped six and seven, basically. The Minnesota Lynx getting the eighth pick. Too much to give you there on how they got that. Number nine, Seattle Storm. Number 10, the Indiana Fever have a double, have another pick in the first round. Las Vegas Aces and then the Connecticut Sun. Ooh. And the Connecticut Sun, who had the best record in the C, in the C, in the C, who had the best record all last season. So, yeah, that is your first round after the draft lottery. Woo! Anything to add there, Brittany? Any commentary you got from me there? No, I got, I got nothing. Oh, wait, what did Dallas have like two picks in the top three last year? Yeah, Dallas had one and three last year. They had one, That's three, what I and thought. four last year. And now they've got what? Did you say four? They got uh they got four and seven. God, if that team doesn't win a championship and, soon, then this whole thing is. And last year they made it to the playoffs after having one of the youngest teams. They ended up making it to the playoffs, which was pretty dang cool. Yeah, and the year before they had one of the worst records. Yeah, exactly. They had one, two, and five. That was their picks last year. God, that's crazy. Yeah, this is it was absurd to say the least. All right, we're what talking f- this. I've spent too much time. Folks, you won't hear it, but for some reason, when we record, there's a slight delay that's just a killer. Yeah, you guys won't notice, but Does it we come notice. Through? I would say it doesn't. It come only happens. The, it the, only the happens with Joe, region. and it only happens with this podcast. I record. Other my other podcast via Zoom sometimes. I, I've done the Zoom chats with everybody. We've done the Anulo uh not so happy hour. Never had an issue. It's only when I record with Joe on this. Um Joe, if you don't well, mind it's because I'm running a program and yeah. I think that's causing it. Because it doesn't happen. It only happens here. And when I do who does a pod, it happens nowhere else. I'm going to, uh, I know we have the audio, but I was going to throw on my Zoom recorder just because we're going to do something that we haven't done before. The walk-off is normally uh, where we will write a short essay or we will recap something that means a lot to us or just go over something. But Joe and I are going to try something different. Joe had something he wanted to put in the quick hits. Oh, never mind. It's not going to let me record. Okay. Well, we'll (laughs) just have it on the audio. That's fine. Uh, it said the host. I guess I'm not the host, and uh, Farzad's the host, yeah. and Farzad doesn't live here anymore. But uh, <laughs> Joe had a question for me that he wanted to put in the quick hit, something he wanted to talk about after some uh, recent news that had come out. And I thought, hey, this seems like a pretty in-depth topic. Joe had some questions for me. So I said, let's just do a duo walk-off about it. So, Joe, take it away. All right. So... After last week, um, where we discussed the passing of 
uh, Demarius Thomas from a seizure in the shower, in the bathroom shower. I don't know. Um, and then eventually uh, passing and you revealing that that's one of the things I didn't, I didn't know you had seizures. I knew you had brain troubles because that's why you had to stop playing in college. Um, so in light of that, and then the news we got over this weekend about Philip Adams, a cornerback who played in the league for a couple of years. Um, they're saying he had about stage two CTE. He went on a murderous rampage for lack of a more polite and sensitive term where he killed six people include, and then himself in South Carolina, um, Vincent Jackson, who was found, uh, deceased earlier this year it was confirmed that he had stage 2 ct and then you have the images of uh parham for the chargers on this uh on the thursday night game and then you had teddy going down uh on sunday um there's not really a question um there's no there's no sensitive way to say it but and it sounds dumb but it's football is football just too unsafe? Should we be playing this? Should we be watching this? Or And we all, we, we say we know, the players know what they're getting into, and we know what we're watching. But then when these things happen, everybody's heartbroken. So it's like, we aren't, we aren't facing the ramifications head on because we're always shocked when this happens. So a um, couple things, a lot, lot to unpack. Uh, Football is not safe. Uh, let's just get that out of the way up front. It's a violent sport. Uh, there's a line, you know me, always quoting movies. Uh, there's a line in Road Trip where they're talking about something. And the guy says, yeah, it's supposed to be hard. If it was easy, it would just be the way. Um, and that's how I look at a lot of things when it comes to life, whether it's sobriety or things that I've accomplished. I take a lot of pride in the fact that I've done certain things that are incredibly difficult. Um, and football is definitely one of those things. Um, if it was easy, a lot more people would play it. Uh, that's why every year at the beginning of practice, when the season would first start, you'd have 200 kids out there in high school. And then by the time game one rolled around, there'd be 80 kids on the roster. Cause it's hard. It's violent. Um, and it's a different kind of violence. It's an overtime every day, full body, Everything hurts always kind of a thing. Um, but more specifically, the, the, the brain trauma that comes with playing football is not. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not um, it's not a, it shouldn't be acceptable. Uh, if we were as an advanced society as we like to think we are, this should not be allowed. But at the same time, it's like, well. People who play know what they're getting into. And I can speak to that 100%. There are a few things, um, more than a few things in my life that I think about on a daily basis. I wouldn't use the word regret because they all got me to where I am. So I can't fully regret them. But football is not on that list. Um, drinking, getting in fights, drugs, uh, the way I've treated certain people in my past, that's all on that list. But football is not. And the reason that's a big deal is because I have uh, like a lot of issues because of football, be they medical, um, emotional, 
just everything tied to the brain. So there are certain things, and I can speak for myself. Um, there are certain things that happen um, to me now that you would just, as a normal individual, you would say like, "Oh, damn!" So like, if I if I drop a glass at work, or if I trip over my feet, the average person would go, "Oh, I'm just clumsy." But that's the thing is, I I'm not clumsy. So every day when things like that happen. In the back of my head, I have to think, you know, this is it. This is the moment when everything goes south. Uh, I've had to, I talked about this when last week, but since I was 25 years old, um, I've had to see a neurologist on a regular basis. I've had dozens of CAT scans and uh, different brain kind of testing done. Um, and it's documented on, on paper. This isn't like a, Oh, I think something's wrong. Like I have dark spots in my brain. Now my IQ has slowly dropped since I was in high school. Um, there's certain things like I know in the after disaster, they were talking about like, Oh, what's your first memory? Most of my childhood is just, uh, this is hard to say. It's just kind of blanked out. So it's, it's weird because uh, you'll see, like, I'll see a picture from when I was a kid and I won't recognize like anybody. And that's just something uh, that comes with uh, the repetitive head trauma. And that's something that I knew was an issue. And so I had swelling in my brain when I was 24 and that's what was causing the seizures. And so, um, one day I had a seizure at work. I was rushed to the ER and that's, that's when I was first introduced to this idea of having to go see a neurologist because they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And that's when I was told I had, um, you know, acute onset epilepsy. Um, the neurologist said they were confident that I had CTE, but they can't diagnose that until you're dead. Um, but he said he was confident that there's, there's no other logical explanation how I could go from a double major pre-law to not being able to remember something that was said to me 20 minutes ago, that that didn't make any sense. The hardest part though, is the, um, like I said, just the, the daily living where you think like everything's normal, 99% of the time, everything's fine. But then little things will happen. Like my aunt died of ALS. So it, it's mm -hmm. a genetic, I have a genetic predisposition for that. And then you add in the head mm -hmm. trauma on top of it. It's one of those things where, like I said, I'll be writing and the, the pen will just fall out of my hand. And it's, it's not like a oopsies. It's when things like that happen, it's terrifying. And then yeah, the, um, go ahead. No, you got it. Well, no, I was just going to say the other thing is the emotional instability that comes with the repeated head trauma. And so we've seen that, um, some of the, some of the, uh, deaths we've talked about recently, um, obviously DTs was, they, uh, chalked that out to a seizure that he had, but like we were talking about with Alan, um, we saw it with junior sale, uh, obviously the Aaron Hernandez thing was documented very specifically. It's, it's this, being off your rocker, which is accepted in football, you're supposed to be a little crazy, but the, 
<laughs> I wasn't even crying that time. I just accidentally swallowed spit. Uh, <laughs> it's the emotional, um, almost like bipolar that comes with head trauma. So I don't, I, as everyone who listens to this podcast knows, I have a very difficult time controlling my emotions. Um, and it comes out in either fits of sadness or rage, but they're not like normal people. Like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like when yeah, someone yeah, gets yeah. mad and they're like, oh shit, I get mad and I put holes in things. I get mad and I break stuff or I get upset or I get sad and I immediately start crying like uncontrollably. Like it's not, there is no, there is no um, middle ground. There's no like steadiness. It's super high or super low, which is not only something that comes with being depressed and having horrific anxiety. It also comes with the instability from head trauma. And so it's, it's ironic to me because you see things on the news or you see what happens to some of these players and people think like, how could someone act like, how could someone do that? And this, the worst part about all of it is I go, I totally get it. I mm. totally get it. And that's and just something that, that comes with it. And the worst part is we watched them and we cheered for them as they did what got them to that point, basically. Yeah. We watching for, and it's something I'll, encouraged. It. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll always watch football. I'm a huge football fan. Uh, I do watch the game differently. When I see hits now, I, I get sad more than I'm like, Oh shit. I, I get more like, dude, like that's, that's not good. But I do watch it that way, but I still watch it. Football gave me opportunities that nothing else in my life could have given me. And it's, it's something I would never, like I said, I've got that, I've got that list in the back of my head of all this shit that I wish I would have done different. And football is not even close to being anywhere near that list because it gave me certain opportunities. Now. Yeah. I've, I've lost a substantial portion probably of my life because of it, you know, older years, um, things like that. But obviously it's one of those I'm 33 now and I've already started feeling the effects. There are times where Savannah and I will go out to eat or something and she'll say like, what's wrong like with your face? Cause my certain side, like the left side of my face will go like, just like start twitching and mm. flag and I won't even be doing it. Like it just happens. There are things that like whenever I get a new job, I have to tell them the procedure of what to do. If I have a seizure, I, same thing when Savannah and I started dating, there's certain things I have to go through with people because you can die and we've seen it. Um, and so getting sober has really helped because alcohol has a tendency to swell your brain. So getting sober has really helped, but it's not, it's, it hasn't stopped anything. It's slowed it down, but this is something I have to deal with. Like I literally went from a pre-law double major scoring 165 out of one or 164 on my LSAT to sometimes I literally will be walking and forget where I'm going. I have uh, two questions that are going to be very hard uh, to ask and answer. But um, to your point about, you know, how walking the game has changed. I think it was about, had to be like 2021. 20, I didn't know if I wanted to even watch football anymore. Um, it just became too hard to watch. Um, I mean, one, the games were bad, but two people were just getting hurt. What felt like was at an alarming rate, whatever, whichever season that was. And it was like, it was a moral conundrum. And it's like, is it, is it morally okay to watch these people put their bodies on the line 
just for my entertainment. Like it was, it was a lot for me at that time. I've, I mean, selfishly, I've watched the game probably not as much and not as intently as I had before then. Um, but I still consume the game because sports kind of dictate, not dictate my life, but sports is a constant in my life. And it's something that I like the camaraderie, talking to people, having the dialogue and everything. ESPN is one of the channels I watch. I'm a sports junkie at the end of the day. So it'll be hard to just remove the biggest American sport that is. But that's also why I've diversified my sport watching habits. That's why I watch baseball more now. That's why I watch the WNBA. That's why I watch soccer. That's why I watch the NBA, a little bit of hockey. Um, because I don't want it solely. And that's why I kind of stopped watching college football because I don't want to put, especially on those younger kids. I don't want to just me. I don't feel right with those kids. And that's why I advocate for them getting paid because we don't know how this is going to affect them down the line. Only what 1% of them make it to the league and we'll see the fruits of their labor. The other will just go away and never be heard from again. So it, they end up doing a, a podcast con- in their thirties talking about how they're dying. I mean, <laughs> Um, okay. So the two things I was going to say, the two questions, the first question is, do you think, because you told me, uh, you didn't start playing football until what age was it? I started in pop Warner at seventh. I was in seventh grade. So however old that is. And then you never really drank until you're getting ready to go to college. Do you think football pushed you to drink? And then the way you began to drink excessively, do you think that was caused because of football? So the answer to the first question is no. I, um, they football and drinking for me had no real tie, um, until it did. And, but what I mean by that is, um, I, when I first got drunk, like really drunk, I was 18 or 19, I think I was 18 and when, yeah, I was 18. I'm say it like I remember. And I, I know I was 18, uh, but when I first got drunk, my anxiety and depression went away. And that was something that I, I was very interested in, but something that also helped with my anxiety and depression was playing sports, was playing football. Um, you know, I was a scared, angry kid. I was always mad at the world and I couldn't figure out why. And football gave me an outlet for that. Um, but to answer the second question, my drinking got substantially worse when I lost football because my entire life at once I was in seventh grade and started playing pop Warner, my entire life, my entire identity was as a football player. Um, That was everything to me. And then I know I've talked about it before on a a walk off or two, but when I was told that I couldn't play anymore because of my excessive amounts of concussions and it would be best for me to just walk away from the game. My drinking spiraled out of control because I had no structure. I had nothing. I, to be honest, I lost who I was. I had nothing to live for. At least I thought at the time. So then I just filled my time with drinking. My drinking got substantially, exponentially worse when I no longer played football because you lose that sense of self. I, I didn't know who I was. I My entire adult life up to that point was as a football player. I was no longer that. So who am I? Who was I? What? Mm-hmm. So so you, the other question, you made reference to it then, though. Um, you've, you've touched around how that final conversation went. Do you remember... 
the blow where you were when you got that final concussion before you went to the team doctor and they said you need to stop playing. Yeah. Can you can, I, can you put us there mm-hmm. and walk us through it up until the point where you had the conversation and then the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. So I was on scout team. Um, this is my sophomore year at FAU. I was on scout team and we were just running. Uh, just I've, I forget who we were playing, but I'll never forget. I was playing fullback on scout team and they were like, you got to come through this hole. This is who you're going to block. And I'll never forget it because we ran the play and I I was supposed to, it was basically a, a zone read zone. So I just come across weak side, block the de- kick out the defensive end. So the defensive end thinks he's not getting blocked because the tackle goes up to the linebacker. And as he's rushing up the field, I hit him. So that's what happens. Um, then the coach was pissed because I didn't really do a good job of blocking. Mind you, Josh Pinnock at the time was all Sunbelt fucking star of the defense six, seven, Jeez. like 280 pound, uh, defensive end. And I was just like a sophomore. Um, and then, uh, he said, run it again. And I, he was like hitting me in the helmet. He's like, run it again. Fucking put him on his ass. I want you to put number 97 on it. And he's pointing at him. So he mm-hmm. knows what's happening. Um, and we ran it again and he rang my bell and I was like, I don't, I don't feel so good, but you can't say anything. Got back in the huddle the very next play. Um, I had to go up and block uh, the middle linebacker, Franz Joseph, who got drafted in the sixth round by the uh, Oakland Raiders. Um, I had to go through and block him. And Franz was, I always made the joke. He had one of those new Revo helmets before they were like big. And he had long fucking big dread. Dude looked like fucking Predator, like from the movie Predator, (laughs) like just a monster of a human being. Um, And I came through to block him like the next play and he rang my bell and I was like, Like something's not right. And as athletes, and I use that term loosely for myself, athlete, (laughs) but still when you're, when you pay so much attention to your body, you, you can tell when something's wrong. Uh, You can tell when you, you learn the difference between injury and hurt. You learn the difference between sick and not feeling, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you learn the difference and I blacked out when I hit Franz. And I just remember like when I came to, I was like, this is this is bad. Like this was worse than it had ever been. Um, I was so then fast forward. I kind of like took. I didn't take myself out, but I kind of was just like you know they blew the whistle and then we went to different drills and I was like oh thank God and just kind of didn't say anything. And then afterwards, I wasn't feeling right, so I, I went to the team doctor, um, and they asked me a bunch of questions and I was really like I was throwing up and I thought I used to get dehydrated a lot and throw up and. I just thought it was that. I thought I just wasn't feeling well because I was dehydrated. Even though I drank a ton of water, I would sweat a lot. So I just got dehydrated. So I just assumed it was that. So we, you know, I went in, uh, they did all the tests. They were like, no, you're, you're concussed pretty bad. Um, and then I, I remember they told me not to go to sleep, kind of stay up, um, drinks. Like I drank ginger ale and I was like, all right, I think I'm gonna be all right. And then, uh, the next day, I went in and sat with the trainers, the team doctor and everything. And they were, they said, uh, so we were looking through everything and this is on record, your eighth major concussion. And I said, yeah, uh, that sounds right. And they said, okay, well you're on scout team. You're not a full scholarship athlete. Um, basically the gist of the conversation was you're never going to start for this team. 
So it's in your best interest to no longer continue to play football. Um, different words were used, but I can't fully remember the conversation because I just remember when they said it's not in your best interest to continue to pursue football. I, I, I kind of did one of those like, wait, what? Mm. Like, like, what do you mean? Like the bomb like, goes off in the movie, and it's just yeah, and you just yeah, you don't hear any. It's just ah, and you're like looking around, and you're I and I just remember, I'll never forget it. I I was just like, what do you mean? It I this is why I was crying that scene, uh, Friday Night Lights, when Booby Miles mm. is the the movie when he's in the car and he's like, what do you like? What am I gonna do if I can't play football? And it's funny because like in that scene, it's like, oh no, Booby Miles is like the main, he's the, 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 the gas in the engine. Like he's the reason that drink is stirred, um, the straw that serves the drink. But in my case, I felt that exact same way. And I was a scout team player. Like I had nothing to do with the success of the team, but in my head, it was like, what am I, I'm here to play football. What am I, if I'm not, if I'm not a, yeah, if I'm not a D one football player. What am who I'm no one. I'm just another fuckhead at school and no offense to all the fuckheads at school, but that's not who I was. <laughs> and I, I, I remember I I'm one of those fuckheads at school. <laughs> I remember calling my uncle who's been a mainstay in this, the show. I called him and I, I, we went over all the scenarios and he spun it good news. He's a very positive person. He was like, well, listen, you know, football, this might not be for you. Why don't you take a break? Um, you know, just bow out. You can get a job now. You'll have all this extra time to focus on school. And I, I tried to stay positive, uh, like that. So I, I went to the team and I said, you know, I, I'm going to hang it up. I'm not going to play anymore. And then it was just literally within two weeks, I was drinking every day uh, doing, getting involved in drugs. And it was, it, it turned it, it very quickly. It turned into, well, I've got nothing to be here. Like I've got no reason to be here. I might as well just party with my friends and I'll, I'll shorten the story, but there were times, um, like I went and stayed with my uncle, like a, the next summer and I was going to get back in shape and I was going to go back out and play. Like I was all healed up. I was like, all right, I can go back. But it was, it was over. I, I couldn't find it. Again, it was, you know, in Hook, they talk about it. Uh, you know, once you leave Neverland, you forget. And that's exactly what happened. Like, I couldn't find it. That drive to play was gone. It was now consumed by drugs mm. and alcohol. Mm. All righty. I think we'll stop it there. Okay. But yeah. So, yeah, football's not safe. <laughs> and we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. And I thought it was going to be a short episode this week. Um, <laughs> I also do comedy. I know it's hard to believe after that, but uh, follow me on all social media at Brennan T Comedy. January 6th, I'm doing a show with the Hell Yeah Boys in Chelsea, New York. So come out and see that. Uh, dates are on the website. Also, check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. As I alluded to, I'm sober now, but I love to have comics on, musicians on. Joe's been on, uh, actors, all sorts of people. We talk about crazy stories, getting in trouble, doing drugs, drinking, all sorts of fun stuff. That's called Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Joe. All right. 
You can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dover. You can check out my website, joedover.com. If you want to check out my music, you can check the music tab there. It's Headphone Joe, no, oh, no, E in the phone. TV and TV season two are the albums. Also, you can check out my store at joedover.com backslash store if you get some nice gear for yourself. Also, don't forget to go to anewlow.co. That's where you can find this podcast and many others. Um, and don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Cheering Press. Brennan, thank you for opening up and having that conversation with me, buddy. I love you. Be safe. Love be you healthy. Too, man. Uh, and get us out of here because it's late for you. Not that late for me because I'm in Dallas now. So that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. You shout out Charlie Woods out there stroking it. Stroking. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.